This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Grimmer and I'm joined in person by three of the finest gentlemen you'll ever meet. Um, well, that's that's probably overdoing it a little bit, but Ian Doyle is here. Hi. Theo Squires is here. Hello. And the tall man Paul Gorse is here. Um, you cover Liverpool both home and away. You're at home at the weekend. Uh, Gorsley, we'll start with you. Um, Liverpool win 3-2 against Nottingham Forest. It was a nervy one, wasn't it? It was... Wasn't the straightforward win that I think many many people expected? Maybe many people outside of of those who've watched Liverpool mm. home and away all season. Yeah, it was one of those where, <clears throat> particularly as the as the game was building towards kickoff, there was no atmosphere. Nice day, everyone was kind of in nice enough spirits, but it didn't feel like that there was going to be a, a Premier League game kicking off anytime soon. And there was no atmosphere to the game when it started, and it felt like you know a lot of supporters. Kind of felt that Liverpool had won the game before they did even, <clears throat> you know, start to play. And and on the first half, pretty much that was how they played out. They didn't have too mm-hmm. many chances to write home. Well, certainly in open play, they always looked a bit threatening from corners. Obviously, Nico Williams clears one off the line, but not too many other chances in what was a pretty dreary first half. Mm-hmm. I think Jota maybe could have done better with another one, but um, I remember saying in our match blog at the time, there was just a lack of intensity to the game. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, kind of had that late season feel where. Both teams were safe, and you know that's certainly not the case for Forest. And Liverpool still have got a lot to play for as well. Second half was a totally different game. You know, Liverpool scored early on. Uh, I remember him saying, actually, sitting next to David Lynch at the time, and I said to him, "I, I think Liverpool are going to go on and win this quite comfortably now. It's just shaping up to be one of those games." And so that didn't prove at all. Um, <clears throat> Forest came back into it, long throws, and Liverpool looked at sixes and sevens. Yeah. With with all of those that were getting slung in from near Cate, was it? Um, so eventually, Liverpool have have shown a little bit of steel, a little bit of backbone, and come out of a of a nervous game with three points. And I suppose, in a way, that that's progress because that's something they haven't been doing for most of the season. As soon as you know, it's kind of gone against them. They've they've wilted, and and this was a little bit of a different story, which is a welcome change. Yeah, it was. It was totally. But is is there a slight worry that Forest? They seem to just take the route one route, um, with the throw-ins and then the, the long balls up to to Awaniwi, um, uh, who seem to give certainly in the second half Kanati nightmares really. Um, obviously almost scored from an overhead kick, but is is there a slight worry that they gave they've given other teams another route to to outdo Liverpool? Not really, because who else have got players that can do the long throws well, like I, that? I, it was like several at the bottom of the league. Well, name them then. Naming them, yeah, well, naming them, naming these players with the long throws. They have got the long throws, the long throws but the physical sort of long ball approach. Yeah, but I mean, Antonio is a player that I think would do similar a similar job to what Alan Ewey did. But don't you think that Liverpool would have learned from that? I mean, <laughs> Liverpool don't always learn from. But, but Klopp mentioned it in his press conference afterwards. You know, I think Theo did the piece on it, basically talking about Canati saying he's got to learn from that, yeah. and he would have learned from it. I was a bit surprised that one of Gomez or Matip didn't come on towards the end to help them out. So there's ways and means of sorting it out. I mean, it was just a bit of an odd game, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it was. Liverpool dominate, what was it, 86% the first yeah, the possession first in the first half? half. Finished at 81. Yeah, so that's probably the highest they've, yeah. they've had in a game for a very, very, very long time, <clears throat> if not the highest ever. Mm-hmm. And Forrest had a certain way of playing. And towards the end, they just threw everybody on, didn't they? All yeah, the forwards yeah. on at the end. And let's be perfectly honest here, we were at the game at the City Ground back in October... And it actually wasn't too dissimilar to that game. Yeah, true. In the yeah. sense that Liverpool 
had loads of set pieces. Forest really couldn't defend them, but Liverpool in the first half, certainly at, at home, didn't take any of the chances. Second half they did. That's why they won. And I would imagine had that game gone kind of the same way. I mean, I'm not even sure whether the lad was playing for Forest back then. They've signed about 17 players since that game in October. So, you know, maybe they didn't have that particular threat. But I'm pretty sure if they'd have been losing 1-0 at the City ground, they'd just been started bunging it long to uh, to the former Liverpool lad up front. Who, you know, as you say, Karate, he gave a bit of a tough time. But I think he'll learn from that. And I know, Gorsty, we reckon that perhaps... He, you know, he, I won you. How are you saying? I think so, yeah. 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 Taiwo, Taiwo. So troubled me that one. I just Taiwo, Taiwo. So the Forest fans, to be fair, they were just chanting Taiwo. Yeah. Is it Taiwo that's got a son called Ian? It's, it's very, you know, I just know there's one of the players. That's a little, little bit of fact there. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. Did he like it when you wrote about him then? After the, all those years when he was at Liverpool not playing games? So he's well, he was always all going out on loan and then Liverpool got a fair whack for him, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, to be fair, you could see why Liverpool were interested in him. But... He's not the kind of player that Liverpool come up against every week. And I know you're probably going to say Antonio West Ham. But, you know, you'd like to think Van Dijk, probably a bit more on his game than he was on on Saturday. You know, Canati will have learned from that. And there's always, you know, there's, I know Gomez isn't the most physical, but he's come up against these kind of players before he'll know what to do with it. It was probably something new for Canati, to be honest. He probably won't have come up against that that often, certainly at that kind of level. But, you know, overall, anybody who thinks that Liverpool didn't deserve to win that game, even even... Steve Cooper, the Forest manager, kind of mm. suggested, yeah, Liverpool deserved to win because we couldn't defend any set pieces, which was exactly the same as back in October. It's probably why Forrest are next to the bottom of the table. Yeah, well, it's all very positive, that, Ian, but we'll see what you say when I ask you for your score prediction later on. <laughs> it's come to, it's come yeah, to something but, else, Steve, no. where I am the voice of positivity you over Liverpool over the past. I have become the voice Mikel of positivity. Mikel Antonio's ten times the player at Tybo. Well, exactly, yeah. years as well, yeah. so that, that's, that's a concern for, for West Ham on Wednesday. If, if they're going to do something similar, you know, we'll see. I think... West Ham probably a little bit more cultured if you like, even though they're perhaps not where they want to be. Uh, but not, I don't don't even know if they're long balls into the box are they? Yeah. Aaron Cress Cresswell maybe he's got a decent throw on him, but I don't think they're literally like throwing them. But I think they'll be slinging them. But yeah, but how much of that came down to the fact that Liverpool just didn't control the game in no, certain defensive areas? Because it's true, you know, but, but we've seen because all season. That how much of a surprise? How, how much of a surprise was it to see Thiago playing the number six instead of Fabinho? Which was that, I, I, made, that was a bit strange. I thought that fair. was a very odd substitution, yeah. to be fair, especially when Liverpool were physically struggling to deal with Forest to bring Fabinho off. I thought it was odd. I thought yeah. it was very odd. Um, and, and yeah, as you say, not bring on Matip or Gomez. Especially when they had a substitution in hand as well. Yeah. They did. Yeah, still had one left, didn't they? So yeah. Well, the man Theo who did the damage for Liverpool was Diogo Jota. Um, it's funny before the game, I I took two two French friends and um, they were asking me about the team and I I said um, this, I said it'd probably be the same. I said oh, I prefer Nunes to Jota. Well, well, they said no, oh, no, he's good, isn't he, Jota? I said no, it's all right. But Nunes and then he was scoring and they they were giving me a bit of a bit of stick <laughs> for that. But I mean, he, he took his goals very very well, especially the second one. But um, He's a funny old player, Jota, isn't he? We sat on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I was saying that I would probably accept a bid for him if they got a good one, but I often feel like he doesn't do a great deal, but then you give him a couple of chances and he scores a couple of goals, doesn't he? Yeah, well, we've seen a year of him not taking these yeah. chances and that's when we have these questions about his place in the Liverpool squad. And It almost looked like it was going to be one of those days again where I think it was, was it a free give or a cross comes in and he heads mm. it wide at the far post when he should score. Yeah, it's an open yeah. goal. Liverpool leading at half-time, you think it could be a more comfortable game. 
But then Issa, a poacher in the right place at the right time to open the score, and, and his second goal was superb. Yeah. The, way, the way he brings that down, swivels, holds off the defender and finds the corner, it's brilliant. It's one of the best goals Liverpool are going to score this season. Like Klopp said in his press conference, that when it happens, you don't think it's a big chance. And it's good to see Jota getting these goals now in this week. He's mm. hoping he can find a bit of form, put the injuries behind him. But I'm with you. I'd still consider it a big offer in the still, summer yeah. if it was there. I suppose a big, big offer now. I mean, uh, you think that Liverpool got what? With Firmino goes, they've got five forwards. Realistically, when Diaz is firing, Gakpo's settled a bit more, Nunes has settled a bit more. Are you starting Diogo Jota? I wouldn't think so. But at the same time, you can see why he is at the moment, because Klopp's said it a few times, or he's alluded to it in press conferences, where he said that Nunes isn't speaking good enough English, he's not quite doing the defensive side that they want. When the team have had so many injuries and so many changes, it helps them having a player they're more familiar with yeah. in attack. But at the end of the season, Nunes has had a full year. Gakpo's yeah. had six months. Diaz has had a few months back from injury. Plenty to consider. But before we're writing him off, this is a forward now who's back amongst the goals as Liverpool are pushing for Europe. That, that's what you want. If you're going to have five forwards there on the books, all scoring goals, all competing, all making their claim to start in this team, Liverpool are in, certainly in a healthier position than they were a few months ago. Just yeah. to clarify, you have both just written him off though, haven't you? Uh, no, I, what, what you're missing there, Don, is I wrote him off two weeks ago. I've written him back on now. Okay, but, but I might write him off next but week. If Liverpool are going to sell him, they'll still need to buy somebody else. No, so I, I, they're, I, they're I, back I, in the same no, problem. No, again, I, I, the one of the few players you would sell for a big, big money signing in the summer, which we have since dismissed as probably not happening. But if that came back into play... <laughs> so why are we talking about <laughs> I think, I think I think the idea was, that when we were discussing it, is that he... You'd get money for Jota, you know. You would think that you'd yes. be able to get a decent amount of money, and there isn't yeah. too many players in the squad that you could you could sell or would want to sell. Money. And, and and he was one, but you know, in the last couple of weeks, I do think I've 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 immediately changed my opinion because I think you know what, having good five five good forwards that can play in different positions that can offer you goals is really important, and and I think it will be really important next season. But, but of course, I was going to ask you, what, is one of the reasons why we're seeing Jota perhaps click into gear a bit more is because Klopp has seemingly settled on a team and played them, what, three, is that three times in a row now? Yeah, he, he's persevered with them, hasn't he? You know, he, he hasn't really set the world alight since he come back from injury, yeah. but it's easy to forget that that was only February. Mm. Um, and, he, you know, across the course of the season, he had that hamstring injury that he aggravated in Thailand. And he didn't come back until early September, so there's six weeks he had another four months with the calf injury, so put them together, he's had six months out of the season. Yeah. That's, that's he had a one. month as well where we had all the games postponed in September, so that wouldn't have been great for his comeback either. Yeah, and of course the World Cup as well. So he's not played much at all, has he? You know, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he has played. Um, but, I mean, I think a season that has been transformed from the Liverpool second goal against Leeds on Monday night because... That we were there with Midori for that yeah. first half hour, he was terrible. I think he conceded a possession 11 times in, in 30 minutes. And then he goes and tracks Weston McKenney, gets mm-hmm. the ball back, lays it into Salah, 2 0. And then all of a sudden, his, his yeah. entire night is transformed. He scores two, he, he adds another two to his list on Saturday, and just seems to be playing with a lot more confidence now, which yeah. which he hasn't always been doing, you know, when, he, when he's come back. And he seems he, to be quite an extinct, instinctive player, doesn't he? Yeah, and and he seems to be a player who's very streaky in terms of when he scores. You know, he look yeah. he scored twenty one times last season. I'd imagine if if you look back on those, they will they will have arrived in in clumps. Yeah. Uh, and I think Liverpool now, you know, we look at the the front five that they've got. It's certainly not always been the case with Jurgen Klopp, has it? Mm. 
I think all of us could have a different front three for next season as, yeah. as first choice. Yeah. I don't think there is a first choice front three now for Liverpool. I think it's very much a horses for courses approach. I think we've all put Salah on the right and then the rest of it is kind of mix and match. So um, there's a lot in there for Liverpool, loads of contrasting styles, types mm-hmm. of players. And I think once they all get a full pre-season under the belt, I think it's it's going to be an exciting you know, kind of blend that the clock's got to work on. Yeah. Well, these two are trying to get rid of Jota, though. So. Well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Moving on, Donnie. You know, you know, you know how I worry. And sometimes I, I, Hang on, that's a good I question do, there. Are, are there any players in the Liverpool squad at present that you are worried about in the well, same way you that you have, the question, you have long been worried about Naby Keita? Yeah, but if you listen to the question, I do have a slight worry. It's not okay, as big cool. a worry as I had about Keita. It's, um, it's more something at the back of my mind now that Darwin Nunes, obviously a good, good sort of start to life, if you like, in terms of some of the goals he scored and stuff. But in the second half of the season, I feel like he sort of drifted out the team, doesn't seem to be getting in. You're starting to see one or two things, as Theo alluded to before, the Klopp saying maybe a bit of frustration about perhaps him not tactically fitting into the what they want, a bit of frustration about him not speaking that great English, which I think we sometimes take for granted a little bit that players have to come in and learn a whole new language, new culture as a young Arthur lad. Arthur Mello seems to be doing all right, though. Arthur Mello is doing all right. He's <laughs> top of his class. But saying all that, you know, I still find it slightly odd that £90 million player is not in the team as often as you possibly like. He has still scored 15 goals this season. I know, I know. Yeah, and a couple of assists. So it's not been that bad, but you know, that's tough, basically. Mm-hmm. Tough on him. He's just got to improve. That's why they have the five strikers. That's why there isn't like a part of salary set, you know, front three. I think that's just something that he's going to have to get used to because he probably didn't have that at Benfica. Mm-hmm. Certainly didn't have that in Almira, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's where he was before that. So he wouldn't have had it there. And also, yeah, he's still settling in. And if and if you'd have said he's going to have all these problems with a couple of injuries, mm-hmm. don't forget it wasn't that long ago that he hurt his, you know, he got a gash on his, what was his ankle, wasn't it? Yeah, Which yeah. ruled him out. I don't Sh- know whether he's... Still... Well. Yeah, so he's had that. And then there was the whole red card thing at the yeah. beginning. Which, to be fair to him, there had never been any sense of a repeat of that since no, then. No. So he's learned that very yeah. early on. You know, so I think he's been all right. And I think that he's kind of a player that when it properly clicks, he's going to score yeah. loads of goals. Yeah. And whether it's, it's the left wing where he should be playing, I don't know at the moment. At the moment it is, yeah, because of the way Gakpo's playing and the way that Liverpool are playing, he's obviously dropping deep and helping the midfield. Yeah. But when Liverpool address the midfield issues in the summer... Is that going to mean they're going to be more scope of playing Nunes down the middle and yeah. then they're not going to be reliant so much on somebody dropping out of that forward line to, to help out those in the middle? So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see. Nearly scored. Um, I thought, but was it like, did he mean that? Was it like a dink or something? No, like that, that was, was a cross. Was a cross. That was a cross. Yeah. Yeah. From my end, I couldn't tell. But I mean, it is, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing on the pitch when I do see him, but I just worry there that there's a slight sense from Klopp that he's not quite happy with what's going on at the moment. Well, it's this old Liverpool style that they've always done. It's like, oh, we need something a bit more, an attack, a plan B, something that's completely different to what we've got. And then you put the plan B there and it just doesn't work. We've seen it with the likes of Ben Teke in the past. But then Nunes is a lot better in that scenario. He can merge in quite well with Liverpool. Like we've seen the pace he's got. Yeah. The fact that he's an agent of chaos. Whenever he's on the pitch, he makes something happen. It's not going to be a case of... Uh, as we've seen in the past, oh, we're just going to give up on him because he's not done as much as we'd have liked in this. As Doyle said, he's still got, what, 15-odd goals. I think he said before, it must have been two months ago or something, where he didn't think he was playing well 
and he compared it to his first season at Benfica when he yeah. wasn't scoring loads of goals. The second season, he got the golden boot, he got yeah. like over 30. So you think... He's repeated that pattern, hasn't he? Yeah, throughout he's done that throughout his career. Yeah. career. You think, oh, he's not even hit his peak yet. His best mm. years are still going to be ahead of him. And it is very much this long-term project for Liverpool. But maybe you do want him to be working on that defensive side a little bit more, being a bit better at learning English. But if you can score as many goals as he is and have the impact he is having without being able to do yeah. that, that is still what you need on the pitch. Like he could it's, have it's won the game against Arsenal. Is, is it yeah. still only five or six players in the Premier League have scored more club goals this season? Be something like that. Right? Yeah, potentially. Tony to scored the other week, so he might have been. But Tony was, was already well. There was Tony like was two already that equaled, weren't there? There's yeah. two that he just equaled, like Watkins and Jesus. Could so, be. It'd be so interesting to see how many players have scored, Martinelli, have, sorry. have signed for Liverpool and, and scored more than him in their first season. He scored more than Mane, he scored more than Firmino. Yeah. Sturridge came in mid season and he, but he scored more than him. I think he scored more than Jota as well, hasn't he? I think Jota was like 13. 13, yeah. 13. And all of those players scored more in the second season. Yeah. yeah Obviously, Salah's the outlier, isn't he? But, yeah. you know. yeah. but that was a freak I, season. I yeah. think he's, if he'd have taken a few more of his chances, he could easily be. Knocking around the 20 mark now, couldn't he? I think it's just a case of him, what Klopp said a few times, he's just got to slow down a little bit when he gets a chance, rather than yeah. snatching at it, looking to blast it through the net or whatever it may be. I think if he just gets a little bit of clarity in his thinking when he's through on goal, yeah. we'll see him score a few more. And, you know, 15 is, is a, it's a great return for, for your first season. It's still seven games to go. If he gets another two or three between now and the end of the season, you're looking at that thinking... For all the problems Liverpool have had, he's had a really good yeah. debut yeah, season. Not, not um, to start at this, sorry, before the weekend, no player had hit the woodwork more times in the Premier League than him as well. Happened to Andy Carroll one season, didn't it? <laughs> that was just Liverpool, all of them, wasn't it? That was so weird. Yeah. So when I looked at a couple of weeks ago and the, the big chances missed in the Premier League, at the time, I think it was only Haaland who had missed more big chances. Mm. And it's always going to be a case of comparing the two <clears> behind the scenes because they're the same profile sort of forward coming into two sides at the start of the season yeah. we thought would be competing for the title. And Haaland has just got, what, 20 more goals than him, something ridiculous like that. Well, I, I think they're totally different players, yeah. though. You know? Yeah, they are. Yeah, like, they're the way they're different teams. And Nunes is a lot more yeah. involved in how Liverpool yeah. play yeah. rather than just being in that penalty yeah. box ha- striker. Haaland can have 12 touches in a half and, and score two. Nunes is, is running behind. He's, he's playing on the left, isn't he, yeah. for, for most of it. I think, I think those comparisons didn't do him any... Favours early on. No. I think it was it was a bit misguided trying to pretend that he could have been Haaland's level. But I th- I think he's had a, an encouraging first season. But like you say, you know there there are things to work on. Certainly the language barrier is one that the yeah. Klopp isn't too happy with. Like I got that sense from him on Friday when we were at the press conference. He said something like we can't be speaking four languages at the training ground. We know Pep Linders and, and Vita Mato speak to him in Portuguese and. Thiago uh, speaks to him in Spanish. Yeah, I think Trent Alexander Arnold said something similar. That a couple of weeks ago, they don't really speak that much, but when when they do, it's normally yeah. Trent trying to speak Spanish. Um, so that's something that's got to come along in the summer. But you know, I'm sure that and his overall game will will tighten up. Yeah. Don't, don't forget, we mentioned before those other players: Mane, Jota, and Sal had all played in England before they joined Liverpool. So. Yeah, it's fair. And you know, I don't don't accept the the, the Haaland comparisons. I always thought. That Liverpool bought potential, Man City bought the finished finished package, didn't they? And, and I think that that was that was obvious at the time. Um, just one quick thing on on Nunes before we move on. I saw, I mean, I, I think it's been well overblown, but I saw the the Henderson thing happening in real time, and it, there's been a lot of people pointing the finger at Henderson, saying that he told him not to mark. But I, I think that was a classic example of 
what Klopp's talking about. There's something there between those two players that was lost in translation. And I, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but Nunes clearly was confused as to what instruction he was getting given. And if you look at it, he ends up kind of doing nothing at that point. So It's the defensive you know, side of there as well, because yeah. Klopp said that they need to be able to think for themselves. They need yeah. to be able to make decisions yeah, for yeah, themselves. Yeah. And obviously that was lacking in that incident. Well, I suppose yeah. that just that one incident sums up everything yeah. that needs sorting out at the moment. No. Yeah. So I say sorting out, and inverted commas, not a major problem, yeah. but... Back to his language barrier yeah. and the defensive side of the game. He just didn't seem to be on the same wavelength for whatever reason. Mm. So, so are you worried or not? I, I was just, you made me feel a bit better. I was slightly worried. It's good to talk, isn't it? You know? um, so we'll move on. Um, Manchester United, um, Doyle, have given Liverpool a, a bit of a boost. Well, it depends which way you see it, and I suppose we'll talk about that now. But mm. um, by, by winning in the, the FA Cup semi final yesterday, mm. it means that. that Sixth place is also uh, Europa League place. That's working on the assumption that United and City finish in the top five, six, which they yeah. almost certainly yeah. will do. Yeah. And the worry, well, it depends, we'll come on to this now, but the worry is that possibly Brighton would have finished ninth, yeah. won the FA Cup, and that yeah. meant that the team that finishes six was going in the Conference yeah. League. Yeah. So, and that's kind of been taken away now. Nothing's guaranteed, obviously, because, you know, I, I don't even think Arsenal are actually in the Champions League yet. Yeah. Not mathematically possible. I think they can do it. Both them and Man City can do it over the next, you know, week. Um, when they're playing but, each other. Well, over the next week. That's why you know the, the, the weekend. Exactly. The point. Yeah. The point yeah. is, is that they're gonna they're gonna be there, aren't they? So we have to assume that probably Newcastle or United. Mm-hmm. They're gonna finish in the top four, five, six. So yeah, it looks like the team that finishes sixth will get in the Europa League. And if Liverpool win the rest of their games this season, they will definitely finish in the Europa League space. Well. We had a quick chat about this on the pod the other day, but I still think it's worth going over because I think it's an interesting debate. But is it a boost? I mean, first of all, we, I think we're all agreed. No one wants any part of the Conference League, do they? No, it's no. it's not the best. No, but Europa League or nothing? No, Europa League, 100%. Europa League, cause... For quite a while, I was nothing. And then I started thinking about it and I'm very much Europa League now. Yeah. At least because the final's in Dublin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. Um, yeah, you sold it to. Well, I was already sold, but you've resold it to me. I bought it twice. It's not good to when Liverpool were last in it as well, because if you're in the group stages and you win, you don't have that extra round to play anymore, do you? So you like really no. You got that month off in like February, March time. And it's only when the Champions League's properly back underway that you're involved. So you do have to take the group stages a little bit seriously. So it's not that, is that new? Is that, no, that was that's been. Yeah. Certainly, this year. Certainly yeah, because West Ham year, yeah. last year had it, didn't they? They didn't yeah. have to do that first knockout round. Ah, right, okay. So it's a, a boost in the sense that it's not the fixture congestion that you yeah. had in previous and years. And there's no playoff. You go straight into the group stage with the team yeah. that finishes yeah. fifth and sixth. Whereas in the conference, you got to play a playoff round mm-hmm. in the end of August. I mean, uh, beyond that, nothing. It's a route into the Champions League, isn't it? So yeah. Liverpool, I think, would go into the Europa League as one of the favourites. You surely, if you can get to kind of the last six, sorry, last eight semi-finals, then you, you know, Liverpool with the the home record in Europe, that sort of thing, would be pretty confident of winning the thing, and that goes it's a route back into the Champions League, which you shouldn't be overlooked. Now, uh, my my only concern would be how it would impact the league form, but I yeah. think Liverpool have a big enough, well, certainly with the work that you'd expect them to do in the summer, they'd have a big enough and a good enough squad to offset any. Ropey performances throughout the season. Arsenal didn't really affect their title challenge, as it? Up until recent week, they got no. knocked out. Was it the day after Liverpool got beat by Real Madrid? That's correct, yes. So mm. that, that's, you know, what was that March 16th or so? It's over a month ago now. 
Mm. Um, so it'd just be a case of that schedule of the Thursday night, Sunday, not being too... I think it's something that we don't think feels great, but I don't know whether... Is, is there any evidence to show that teams really suffer because of it? You know, what is it well, really if any, if anything? If anything, since since Arsenal got knocked yeah. out of the Europa League, they've, they've gone, suffered. They've, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's probably better from being in it. Look at United. Yeah, but, well, it, well, that was a bad example because they got knocked out and then got to the yeah. FA Cup final. So, but 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 I mean, you know, the way I look at it, why is it? Why do people think that Thursday Sunday is that much worse than Wednesday Saturday? You know, it's not. Yeah, I suppose you could play on a Tuesday night as well. But I'd imagine there is there is a science to it. I'm just not yeah. sure there is. You could, it, I think it's because you know that. Every game you play is a Thursday and a Sunday, whether yeah. it's the Champions League, you're playing Tuesday night, yeah. you're playing Saturday, it's, yeah. or even Wednesday. And so. It's these players, they just don't want the, the weekend, do they? They don't want to train on Saturday, they just want the day. I think, I think it's an historic thing as well, because mm. you'd never normally used to play football on a Thursday. It was only like towards the end of the season, and there was yeah. a rearranged game, or it was like a, a boxing day, or New yeah. Year's Day. There were the only times you ever played on Thursday, now they play all the time anyway, so. Yeah. It's Premier League games Thursday this week. Anyway, exactly, yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Theo, this week is a big, big week for Liverpool um, in terms of their European ambitions. They play West Ham, then they play Spurs, and then it's is it Fulham um, just after that. And I think they, that's part of three home games. So really, I mean, look, I, I'm not thinking about the Champions League. Sean Bradbury was doing some maths before. <laughs> I think, I think. Um, you, yeah, you'd have to be Russell Crowe and a beautiful mind to, to make that equation fit. But I, I, I don't that's, think that's such a contemporary yeah, reference. Yeah, that. I, don't think, <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah, that. I don't, I don't think I don't think they're going to get in the Champions League. But but I, I think it's really important they finish strong. How important is this next week, and how, how tricky is it? Uh, it's as important as all the games left. Liverpool need to finish strong so they can actually have some sort of positive feeling going into a summer where they need to make some big transfers and then go again next year. Uh, it's a boost that it's these home games so they can have every reason to think we can get these points on the board where they've been lacking away from home this year. Uh, I know the West Ham one is a away game. We could get onto it a bit. It's one they lost last year. It's whether you see West Ham coming into form now. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Liverpool? Because they could almost be beach mode now. They're safe. They're not properly in a relegation fight at the moment. But beyond that, those three home games, it's a great chance for Liverpool to climb the table and really make a dent into the teams above them. Look, we'll sidestep the top four because we need Newcastle or United to properly drop off there for that to become part of the conversation. But you see Spurs at the weekend. Liverpool will finish above Tottenham Hotspur. Liverpool will beat Tottenham on Sunday. I don't have any doubts about that. And then you just look at the other teams. We've still got to play Aston Villa. They'll finish above Aston Villa if they can, as Doyley said, win their games, pick up the points. The only slight concern you've got is Brighton because they've got the games in hand. But then the FA Cup being knocked out of that semi-final the way they did that could have a negative impact on them. They've still got some tough games left to go. Liverpool should be getting to the Europa League from this position when they've got all these home games and they are finding a little bit of form. And then if they are within touching distance of the top four, then we'll have that conversation in May. Good. Well, well hopefully we'll have that one then. Of course, the Leicester and, and, and West Ham, um, they've got to play them both away. West Ham this week. Um, you mentioned earlier they were the two the, the two teams that they lost to away from home last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, the teams they lost to from start. Mm. Um, the two didn't go yeah. to as well. No, I was at Leicester um, just oh, before are. New Year, wasn't it? That one. Yeah. 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 Shallow Mr. Penalty early yes. on. Yeah. yeah. And I always put them down as well in 2019 for they drew with them, didn't they? They drew <coughs> West Ham yeah. 1 1 and then Leicester 1 yeah, 1. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like they'd, they'd suffered two very Harry Maguire scored in that Leicester one, didn't he? Last time he was a good player. Who? Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. That was a snow game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cater score. No, um, uh, did he? 
You should have had a penalty. No, should have had a penalty. penalty. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man is good. Um, yeah, and it, it was one one. I remember it felt like that sort of the this. I think Liverpool had a seven point lead over City, and and then they had to play City. Or they'd already been beaten. They just already so beat they, them. Yeah, yeah so they whittled it down in like the space of a week. Um, so yeah, it feels like they are two teams that have traditionally caused Liverpool a few problems. Yeah, it seems to, doesn't it? Um, certainly West Ham last season used to were there for that one, wasn't it? It was a 3-2. Yeah. Uh, Leicester obviously won one nil at the King Power. and Liverpool battered Leicester in the other day, I think. Yeah, Man, I missed a really good chance yeah. as yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I think more so than, you know, we're talking about European permutations mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. I think Liverpool just need to finish the season strongly for their own kind of mental strength just so they can go into the summer thinking well at least it was a terrible season you know but we've finished strongly something to build on and almost using it as a bit of a platform for, for the summer and then you know as, as another platform for next season I think Klopp said something along the lines of that on Friday he said something like the future's already started so it wasn't even as though they were looking at it still thinking Champions League probably not Europa League you know that's still the aim it was almost like they're just targeting a really strong finish and then that'll probably get them something, yeah. and then they can just build from there and, and yeah. look to kind of put the current aspirations behind them and, and you know push on even further because um, you don't want to be sitting here in twelve months time doing pods again when you saw what Liverpool hopefully finishing in the Europa League or anything yeah. like that. Do you hoping that this season is just a little bit of a blip? Yeah. And they're going to be back to generally where they've been over the last five years. Yeah, it does feel like momentum wise, you know, I think back to them when they finished fourth, they beat Middlesbrough on the final day. They seem to finish that season quite strong. Obviously, in 2019, they won the Champions League. And then um, last season, even though they got to where they were, it felt like the end of the season hurt. And that seemed to just flow into mm. the season. Do you think that's it's fair to say that these sorts of things can have an impact? Well, the ultimate example of that is Leicester in 2015 and 2016, where they were going to get relegated. They ended with seven wins yeah. in nine, I think, yeah. something like that. Then they just took that into the next season. Look at Arsenal this season. Mm. They, they yeah. actually ended last season quite popular, well with the defeat of Newcastle, wasn't mm. it? Which made sure they didn't get yeah. in the top four. But they had a really good summer. Yeah. And I know a lot of people talk about, well, does it really matter? Well, look at Liverpool's summer. Yeah. They didn't have a particularly yeah. great one. And it does kind of carry over. So, yeah, I think momentum would be something. I think... Slightly different in the sense that there's quite a big gap then, isn't it, at the end of the season to the start of the next one. But I think the momentum for Liverpool is going to be what happens in the transfer market, I'm afraid. So mm. I think this is more momentum for the individual players and the team itself. Also, they want to prove to themselves they can still do it. And I don't think there's a single game that Liverpool have got left this season where you look at it and go, oh, they've got no chance of winning that. And I think that's a good thing, yeah. but could also then end up being a bad thing if they don't win most of them. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that the games that they have lost this season have usually been the ones that um, you would have looked at and thought, well, there's a chance there to, to pick up three points. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. But before we finish, we'll pick our team for West Ham. Um, Dorsey, we'll start with you. Um, you're back forward, you keep the same. I mean, I suppose this is the probably... This la- this next week is probably one of the only times of season now where you you might be forced to make changes because of time. Yeah. Next anything. week as well. I think they got yeah, this. Yeah. The, 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 the next, next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't really, can't really make the case for anyone else stepping into the back four. To be honest, um, Simakas maybe had a push, but 
I still think it'll be the same. Certainly between now and the end of the season, if Van Dijk and Canate fit the yeah. centre backs yeah. and strength in this kind of new role, he's almost unique, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So how is that fair? Yeah, it's, if you're trying this new system and you're sticking with this new system, you need that bit of stability from yeah. the back four. You need it to get come to terms with it so you can take it into next season. The fact that they're not getting clean sheets maybe a slight concern. But on paper, that is Liverpool's strongest back four. So you want it to play through it, get a few clean sheets and find the form. Alternative to um, Simicass as that would be maybe you put Joe Gomez there if you want to do, oh, it's three centre-backs. Or then it's not really what we want to see on paper, is it? We want to see Robertson at left-back, Liverpool's strongest back four. When they're coming to a bit of form, they're getting assists from the full-back positions. There isn't really too much reason no. to change it. The, you know, possibly make changes, maybe it's maybe for Spurs at home. But what do you think... Same same back four, same but back Trent's back. not playing his new no. role. He's playing right back. Yeah, yeah. Because we we'll get on because we we'll get onto the midfield then. Oh, yeah, exactly. Fabinho quite clearly is playing because that's yeah, why he, he got subbed after an yeah. hour. I yeah. think Thiago starts, which means you can't play that way yeah. that they were playing. And I think the other midfielder probably it's time to get Harvey Elliott back in. Okay, would you go along with that? Yeah, I can I can see the point for Thiago playing on on the left of of the midfield three. I still think. You can play. You can play Alexander Arnold on the right to that midfield three when he moves in. But it's then what you do with the third man, which is why I think Curtis Jones has been important yeah. in recent weeks, kind of mm. moving off to the left. I just can't see Jones starting again because he's played a lot of football and, yeah. and he's still carrying that kind of severe injury. That sounds like he always will, but by the sounds of it. I think it's fair to say he's probably as quiet as game since he's come back yeah. in. Yeah, against yeah. Forest. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with Fabinho. Thiago. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> you don't want dead yeah, space yeah. on the part. No, I'll go with Elliot because Elliot's been doing that thing as well, hasn't he? Where he's kind of overlapping with Salah on the right. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got Thiago on the left, Trent can move into the. Yeah. yeah. Trent so, can move into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Midfield three. Okay. Theo? My issue with it is that we have the strongest three on paper of Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago. And when we've seen it play this year, it's been rubbish. Yeah. And then if you put oh Elliot and Thiago in, that's been pretty rubbish as well. Like that was the three against Brentford, wasn't it? For that away defeat. So I kind of feel like you you might need to stick with Curtis Jones in there because he's a bit different. He's adapting to this new role. Um, so the only change you can see is if someone like Thiago comes in, you're taking out a Henderson. But even then, so I'd mm. probably keep it the same. The only thing Which, that comes would... into it is how much football Jones has played. Is of course he touched on. Would yeah. you play Milner? Uh, well, I, I was going to say I would probably put Milner in for Jones because I, I the thing is, if you're going to do this Trent experiment, I, I want them to commit to it and do it over a number of games. You know, it might not work in the long term, but I don't see the point in in sort of doing it for some games and moving it out for others. And um, I don't I, I, really like. I, 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 I think that's the them. entire point of it. No, I, th- I think that's the entire point of it. Is that some t- some games you do play, some games you don't. So the other team are left guessing. So it's the no, I, four, I, suppose, two, three, one. I suppose so. It's just whether you can. It, it feels like the success they've been having, recently, has been coming through. Just a Trent just looks a bit rejuvenated. You know, even even on Saturday, I thought his set pieces were great. Mm. And you know that's not set, set pieces doesn't don't come from playing in that midfield position, but he just seems. He just seems rejuvenated, yeah. Four assists in the last yeah, three, yeah, yeah. I think that's more than the rest of the season, season before. Together, yeah. yeah, so I, I think that's why I would like to stick with it, and I think it would keep. I know you'd say oh, West Ham could see it coming, and I think Forrest tried to exploit it a little bit in the second half, but I think 
I think it's giving Liverpool a weapon at the moment, which they just don't seem to have had, certainly away from home. And I, and I worry a little bit about Harvey Elliott away from home. I don't mind him at home where Liverpool see a bit more of the ball. So that's away. a player you're worried about? Harvey you are worried about. No, well, I don't, very not, specifically, not, though. No, not, uh, yeah, only a very specific <laughs> worry for Harvey. But yeah, I mean, again, I would be more tempted to make change, those changes in midfield for spares. Whereas where I think Elliot could come in and midfield for Spurs and we'd see a lot of the ball, he'd see a lot of the ball, and that's when he's good, Elliot, when he when he's around the box with the ball. So, yeah, I would probably just on the worry that that, that that's another worry that uh, um, Curtis Jones has played a bit of football if he is carrying this injury, probably put Milner in for Jones and and um, yeah, possibly keep Henderson in there alongside Fabinho just to try and keep the balance. Um, oh, it's team, teams can have fun here, haven't we? We've just yeah. given like three, four different midfields. The problem, yeah. the problem yeah. as well with West Ham is that if you're going to go back to the, what we said mm. at the start of the podcast and they're going to start lumping balls mm. in, then you've got, you know, Elliot and uh, Thiago were about two well, foot exactly. tall That's each, why I wouldn't so, play in both of them. Yeah. That's why you think Milner but does kind of work for this But then game. you can't just keep playing Henderson every single game because no. he's tall. No. No, was I it the West Ham home game when Klopp referenced that the height of the team is why he made some of the changes? It was around that period where he made a questionable substitution like the hour mark or something. I think it might have taken off Thiago. And he was saying it's because we needed a bit more height in that yeah, midfield. Well, I suppose you could, you could have Anderson on the bench as the option for that. Yes, but possibly. It shows you though, doesn't it, the amount of deliberating over the midfield. Whereas last season, you would have just named it. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and, and the season's gone by, you know, when they won the, Champions, uh, the Premier League, the midfield was pretty much, yeah. you know, the same thing every week, wasn't it? And that, it just shows you why... It's really hard to find a balance there. Um, forward line, um, you all keeping the same, Doily? Don't know, you know. Obviously, Firmino's not playing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't play Diaz yet. He's not ready to start. He'd no, probably play no. against Fulham, to be honest. Um, the only thing is, do you play Nunes? I, I know you're slightly worried about him. Mm. Um, I'm not does worried he, about does, him. Because he did score him. the winner yeah. against West Ham in the yeah. game at, at Anfield. That's a great goal as well. Yeah, mm. from, a sim- uh, from a Simicast cross, actually. Um, you're changing your back four now? No, I'm not. Uh, do you play him instead of Gakpo? Because that's not been something that's been tried, has it? And Jota and Gakpo. Gakpo's... Sorry, Jota and uh, Nunes and Salah, I don't think, has it? Someone will no. prove me wrong now. Was it oh, the yeah. second half, though? It was a, a little bit against Forest. Did they have a little bit on together? In fact, did they probably did play they... like that against? They probably played that against um, against West Ham in the first game because <laughs> he would have been. Oh no! No, 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 no. Jota was out. Yeah, Jota was out. So yeah, first game I'm going to go with Jota. that. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I couldn't. Jota, Nunes, Salah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can take Jota out because a little bit of a purple patch that he's in. Even though he has played a lot of football for someone who's had yeah. a long time out, but I just think keep him in there because it's not as if you. Wrapping him in cotton wool for all the games down mm. the line, that was it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with Jota. Yeah, I'm going to go the same one as Doyle. Jota, Nunes through the middle and Salah on the right. I'm going to keep it as it was again. Uh, so Nunes can be impact substitute again. Uh, I said last week that I'd start in this one, but now Jota's got his few goals. Keep Nunes in reserve. You know he's going to cause chaos off mm. the bench. If you need that for a more direct game against West Ham, and if Spurs are going to be as fragile as they were, against Newcastle that's sort of, sort of game but this might just be the pattern for me for the pods for the rest of the season I'll start Nunes <laughs> yeah, next week and then yeah. I won't but we'll see I would sort of go along with that to be fair I think uh, again I see Spurs at home as a game you can make more tweaks as the West Ham away just feels like quite a dangerous one that they need to get right yeah, Spurs played like they played yesterday well yeah give us a go back four yeah they probably won't we're going to topple the 9-0 and the 7-0 and the 7-1 and the 6-1 
I just think Gakpo, at his best, and, and what he brings, he, he makes the ball stick a little bit more. Um, whereas Nunes, you don't really... I don't really like Nunes in the middle. I like him left. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get from him, do you? He's, you want him running onto well, stuff, getting yeah, into that space yeah. in behind, and the way Liverpool play, that doesn't really come yeah, down the middle yeah. unless it's at the expense of the other other players out wide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I quite like Gakpo in there. So, um, I mean... Make it that what you will. Uh, pick a team from what we've all said. But yeah, um, Doyley, score prediction. Let's put you on the spot now, Mr Positive. Um, it's either going to be 2 all or 2-1 to Liverpool. So I'm giving you two options there. Don't, don't give me two options. <laughs> <laughs> come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Okay. Gorsi. Yeah, I'll go Liverpool win. <clears throat> I think normally, I think if you'd have asked me this last week, I'd have said lose because they're away from home and they're terrible. Yeah. But think maybe they've found a little bit of new um, <laughs> newfound ability to, to dig it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2-1. I'll be a little bit more positive for this one. Yeah. I'm slightly worried about what what um You're saying that word. Come on. About, about the, the problems <laughs> for us cause I'm gonna say one one. Sorry. Sorry. I think I'm gonna go two on to Liverpool purely because West Ham will halfway through the game realise oh hang on we've got a European semi-final coming up soon and I think that might play in the mind a little bit he says Possibly. hopefully wonder whether he might when is that game it's, a couple of weeks it's, it's next the following week isn't is it? it yeah so it's the following because following's the so. game in hand isn't it for yeah yeah, I think yeah. So. I'm oh, sure yeah that's when it is I'm pretty yeah. sure that's when it is yeah well there you go um, three three wins and a draw mm-hmm. there. fair enough that's, that's as about as positive as it gets this season so we'll, we'll take that um, join us again on Friday where we'll be discussing the fallout of the West Ham game and looking ahead to that one against Spurs at Anfield on Sunday. See you then. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.